How to stop trying to prove yourself to yourself and everyone else. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach over at choosetohaveitall.com where I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs, helping them build their best lives so they can run their best businesses. Yesterday, I talked to you about a service provider who over-promised and under-delivered. And I was talking about this to my friend and mentor, Jess Lorimer. She too has a podcast. You can find her over at Smart Leaders Sell podcast, um, but she and I were talking about this idea of how do you respond when someone overpromises and underdelivers? And she offered a counterpoint. She's like, "Well, what about all of the business owners and leaders who overdeliver, constantly trying to prove themselves, constantly trying to measure up and convince themselves that they're good enough, and convince their clients that they're worthy of the money investment, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And I was like, "Well." There we go. We have a follow-up podcast, and here it is. So what we're talking about when we talk about over-delivering, we're not talking about being your best, doing your best, putting your best foot forward. Obviously, if you're a business owner and you're putting out a product or service, you want it to be your best. Over-delivering is offering more than what you originally promised your consumer. And when people do that, it usually comes from a place of insecurity, not a place of confidence. It comes from a deep-rooted fear of not being good enough. It's a way to cut the consumer off at the pass to prevent the consumer from maybe complaining, saying, you know, to the public, like, I wasn't happy with the service, or sometimes it's about wanting to guarantee that testimonial, wanting to make sure you get the four-star review, wanting to ensure that you don't fail. And when you over-deliver with that mindset, you're doing it from a place of desperation. People can see it coming from a mile away, and you're undervaluing your worth. So in trying to prove yourself, in trying to be whatever you have decided internally is enough, you're going above and beyond again and again. You're raising the bar higher and higher, and it no longer seems possible to you that good is enough. So you keep trying to be better and better, and it's like they keep moving the line. You never get to the finish line with that mentality, and your consumer can see it coming from a mile away. And I know that there's established business owners who are out there listening to this saying, oh, that's a newbie problem, because I think a lot of people, when they are starting a new business, do tend to want to puff themselves up a bit, want to put themselves out there wholeheartedly with all of the gusto they can, firstly, simply because they're excited, but then also, too, because they want to do a good job, they want to prove themselves, and they want to get the first couple of reviews in. But this isn't just a newbie problem. 
Experienced business owners face this all the time themselves. Anytime they're trying to up-level their businesses, anytime they're trying to sell a higher-priced luxury or premium product or service, anytime they're about to step outside the comfort zone of doing something they haven't done before, putting out an offer that their audience hasn't seen before, they too are at risk at that level of falling into that trap of over-delivering. And when we do that as habit, that's what our consumers start to expect. That's how they get their opinions of us. And that's how they decide what to do next. I'm going to get you out of that trap right on the other side of this break. So tune in. Before I can get you to stop the pattern of behavior of over-delivering, over-serving, I have to help you understand it. The first part of this comes from a lack of belief in yourself, your product, or your service. If you're new to the industry or you're new to delivering this kind of product, you're going to have a crisis of conscience at some point, an identity crisis, and it's a normal and natural reaction that comes to with fear, comes with risk, comes with putting ourselves out there and taking that step outside the comfort zone. We're biologically wired to want to stop and halt or fly away whenever there's a risk, whenever we're trying something new. And when we're in that fight or flight mentality of running away, it feels like the chase is on and we're trying to run from something. And the business owners that get caught in the trap of over-delivering, of offering more time, of offering more one-on-one -on -one services, offering a pile of bonuses, adding things to an offering that weren't in the, you know, in the original offering, that's when for business owners, they're caught in the chase and the chase is on and they're running and they're running from their fear. They're running from this idea that they're not good enough. And when you get caught in that trap, the first step is to stop and ask yourself, what am I so afraid of here? What am I running from? And is good ever going to be enough? And really take a moment to look at it. And usually when I get my clients to do this, the questions I start to hear are, well, what if I've put out something that nobody needs? What if I'm not offering enough one-on-one -on -one support and people are leaving with questions or they're not taking my course because they don't understand the content so they haven't finished it? What if people don't think that they really can change their lives working with me for a three-month period? What if, what if, what if? I always tell people, and you've heard me say this before to all of you too, answer the question. What will you do? The first thing you want to do is a series of checks and balances to look at your offering, look at whatever you've told people that they're buying, a sales page, your messaging, your ad, and then check it against the product or service you're delivering. Do the quid pro quo. Are you doing the things you said? Answer the question. 
and then have a response planned. If someone says not good enough, I expected more. I didn't think you were going to be, you know, as unavailable as you are. I didn't think I was going to have to wait so long for my questions to be answered. I'm really confused, etc., etc. Come to the table prepared with a response because it, first of all, it shows that you know your product or service and knows that you stand behind it and it speaks to your own sense of self and what you're developing and putting out to the world. So many people run from the questions and all I really want you to do is stop and answer them for yourselves. And once you've come to that place of answering it, you're done. You obviously in that fear place and in that insecure place could come up with 50 more questions and you could keep going and going. And the reality is, is the, you know, the question or the doubt or the criticism that comes your way likely will be the one you never expect. You can't control that part. You can only control how you respond to it and trying to put off someone's criticism by over delivering sets you up to fail and it teaches your consumer how to treat you. It teaches them to disrespect you. It teaches them to devalue you. And what you put out to the world becomes your story and you start to disrespect and devalue your own worth. It's an awful trap that I'm trying to get you out of. The easiest way to get around this is with transparent communication. So many people want to cover and hide their insecurities. So many people want to pretend they're not there or tell a story about them or just kind of cover them up and hope people don't see them. What I try to do with people is encourage them to tell their audience what they want them to know. If you are putting out something you've never put out before, but you really believe in it, Tell your audience that I've never done this before. This is kind of new to me, but because of X, Y, and Z, and it can be three people have asked me about this. I've been asked to present on this in other areas. I thought you would like it. This has personally helped me. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. Tell them because of these things, I thought this offering would help you. That way you're not running from your ghost, you're not chasing the tail, and you're telling your audience exactly what they need to know to make an informed decision. You're owning your responsibility, and then you're giving them the power where it belongs in their hands for them to decide and for them to choose. Lay out your offering, your product, or your service in crystal clear language unapologetically. Don't dance around the price. Don't puff it up. Don't deflate it. This is what I'm offering. This is how it helps. This is how I serve. And this is the price. And then once you deliver and you get that sale and you're done the happy dance and you're done blasting about it to all your friends and family, make a promise to yourself that that offering is enough. Because I was just talking to you about the power of the consumer, right? You want to give them the power to decide. Here's the second reason why people fall into the trap of over-delivering. I know I fell into this trap a thousand times when I was a therapist. And if I hadn't fallen into the trap, I might not have burned out from the field entirely. But providers and product developers get caught in a trap of doing the work 
That's the consumer's responsibility. That people and buyers aren't showing up for themselves. So to make up for it, to amend for it in some backwards thinking way, the service provider or product developer overextends themselves, overreaches, puts themselves within the customer's responsibility and starts doing the work for the customer. It is so common in the coaching industry. It was really common for me when I was a therapist because you just like, you just want the problem to go away or you're tired of talking about an issue that somebody's bringing in for the umpteenth week in a row. So you just go and say, Hey, do this. But as soon as you do the client's work, you are creating another tail to chase. And you might find yourself doing the work because you think that the client would do the work if it were a better coach or better products provider or service provider or something else. You may be creating all kinds of stories about why the consumer isn't doing the work and you need to do it for them. But that's exactly what they are. Stories you have fabricated for why not. And the answer always comes back to the same thing. You can bring a horse to water. You can't make it drink. And sometimes people are lazy. Sometimes people make promises to themselves to change. And then that change gets so scary they don't keep them. Sometimes people change their mind. People forget. They get distracted. A crisis comes up. There are so many reasons why buyers might decide to stop showing up for themselves. That is not a reason to start showing up on their behalf. There's too many buyers. You can't possibly keep up. And then you're setting yourself up to fail. I talked about this dynamic with members of my community before, and sometimes people look at me like I'm crazy and they have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, what do you mean? I'm not going to start dieting for my consumer. I'm not going to start reading all the professional development books for my consumer and summarizing them. Like, what the heck are you talking about? And and it might not always be literal, but I promise you sometimes it actually is literal. And one of the reasons why people do it is because it's more comfortable for them to do the work for the consumer, to make the excuses for the consumer, to over-deliver, to over-promise, all of that stuff, than it is to hold accountability with the buyer. To say, hey, you showed up at the table, you bought my offering, you're not using it, you're not doing the work, I'm wondering why. It's an incredibly intimidating conversation for people. And when I was a therapist, it was something I had to face on a weekly basis. Hey, you've been coming to me every week. You've been talking to me about your depression. I've offered you this strategy. I've made this suggestion. I've encouraged you to try this. I've asked you to get a doctor's appointment and do a medical workup. I've suggested this. I've suggested that. I'm wondering what's getting in the way of you not doing it. And of course, it's a hard conversation because the person can easily come back and say, hey, don't you know I'm depressed? And that's the symptom of depression, an inability to be motivated, an inability to follow through. And the reality is, is it's a really hard conversation, but people struggling with depression still were required to show up for themselves if they worked with me. 
like beginning, middle, and end. Not every therapist had that expectation, but I did. And it's about knowing what your boundaries are as a provider and recognizing that for some of you, putting out a product that nobody uses, even though they buy it, you're going to be good with that. Other people, they stay up at night and lose sleep. I put together this course and nobody's taking it or they've only gotten to the third module. What if the course isn't good? What if I you know, was playing baseball and I should have been on a football field and I'm talking about something that nobody understands? What if, what if, what if? The reality is, is that it's easier if you blame yourself and you tell yourself a story that you've developed an inferior product or service, because if you are the problem, if your course is the problem, it's another way you get to avoid responsibility of having the harder conversation and holding accountability with your buyer. You get control of the situation if you're the problem, if your product is the problem. You have to have a really hard conversation when the problem lies in the hands of your consumer or buyer. And if you're a service provider, if you're offering a service of any kind, that question around accountability is crucial. The example that comes to mind is my web designer. Um, I hired a great person, a girl in her Mac, by the way. She's always super booked. But if you go to my website, choose to have it all, you can see like what an incredible, incredible job she did on my site with a lot of custom coding and everything. And she was crystal clear with me. I need the copy by X. Y and Z date. I need the first page by this date. I need the second page by this date. I need the third page by that date. And I, at one point in time, said to her, I get it. I know I'm on it. And then my husband was sick at the time, and I was going back and forth trying to manage my private practice job, trying to get to the hospital, and the copy was the last thing I could think about. So I had to go back to her and say, I know I agreed to do this. I'm purchasing this product from you. I'm getting in your way of being able to finish it. What can I do? How can we work this out? And, you know, she was crystal clear with me. I will spend more time on it. I can wait on it, but I am taking other jobs on. And that means your job may go longer. It may take me a while longer to finish it. She would have been well within her rights to charge me more or, you know, to, to sort of have another accountability sort of consequence to that. But she simply said, I can no longer guarantee you the end date because while I'm waiting for your copy, I'm going to take on another job. And it was a healthy boundary. She told me how she expected to be treated. I told her what was up on my end. And we had an open, honest conversation. That hard talk is the talk you need to have with your consumer. And avoiding it, you're teaching your consumer to disrespect you. The unavoidable word in this conversation is boundaries. You need to know where you end and your consumer begins. You teach your buyers how to treat you by what you ask of them, what you expect to them, what you offer, and how you deliver. Based on that, they're going to decide whether or not to buy from you, whether or not to keep milking you for all you're worth because you keep giving it out for free, all of that. If you get control of your business, your offering, your product, your service, and you know what you're offering, you know what people are buying, and it ends there, 
you're protecting yourself, and that ultimately is where you're going to find your confidence. By standing in your truth, standing up for your offering, standing up for your product and service, and being unapologetic about it, and not doing more than you said you would. Obviously, you can offer a stellar customer service experience. You can use word tone and, you know, word choice in your emails and your live videos talking to people in your one-on-one interactions with consumers. You can show them that they're really cared about and that they're important to you. You can enrich the customer experience without chasing the tale of trying to prove yourself, of trying to best yourself, of trying to be better and better. Because even though you keep trying to make yourself bigger and bigger, you're actually making yourself smaller and smaller. That's what it looks like on the outside looking in. That's what your consumer sees. That's the story you're telling. And that's the story you need to stop telling. Now, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And I'm going to lay out an offer for you. And you can decide whether or not you'd like to take me up on it. I myself am in a period of transition where my office hours are very different and my office setup is constantly in transition. And I've put an offer out to my community that I'm now going to share with you that allows you to have one-on-one access with me Monday through Friday on your time schedule. No nickel and diming for time, no juggling time zones. You talk when you're free, and I talk back when I'm free. There's an awesome app out there, the Voxer app, V-O-X-E-R, if you need to check it out. It's a walkie-talkie app that allows you to talk back and forth with someone. And if you'd like my two cents on a situation going on in your life, if you'd like to kind of have me pick, if you'd like to pick my brain, if you'd like me to dig a little bit into what you're struggling with or what's going on with you, I'd be happy to. And I have a flat rate offer because part of what's making me crazy in the online space is all of the nickel and diming for time, all of the bells and whistles that are getting added to offers that sound a little absurd and nothing like I recognize from my own professional foundation and how I ran my first business. So I've got a flat rate offer that starts from the moment you listen to this episode until the day I move into my new place. And what's cool about this is I'm recording this on uh, November 9th of 2017 and I don't know my move-in date yet. Um, We're thinking that we're probably hopefully going to be moving in by January, but it could be as late as February. If you've got a chunk of work that needs to get done and you would like my two cents on doing it, I'm offering a flat rate deal of one-on-one access with me using the Voxer app for $1,000. It starts this month. It includes December, likely includes January, and could even go into February. You've got a clinically trained social worker here, a mindset expert, one-on-one Monday through Friday. And you know what weekly therapy costs could cost you, and you know what weekly coaching could cost you. You know it's a hell of a deal. I've given you 50 episodes so far, 55 maybe. I've lost count. You know who I am, what I do, and how I serve. If you think I could help you, if you could use my two cents in your ears, you've got me. 
You just have to say hell yes in an email to me over at heatherchoosetohaveitall.com and I've got your back. And you can even email hell yes with a question or two um, if you want to follow up with me if you're interested in taking me up on that offer. Crystal clear, flat rate, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you'd like to join me, I'd love to have you. And that's how you do it, folks. Transparent communication. I told you what I wanted you to think. I have an offer of high value. I think I can help you. You don't have to nickel and dime for time. I'm available one-on-one to get a large chunk of work done. Here is the unapologetic price. Here is the value behind that price. The next step is yours. That's how you do it. Now, if somebody takes me up on this offer, and I just said clearly, Monday through Friday, I don't work on the weekends. If somebody takes me up on that offer and they send me a message on a Saturday, well then, and I respond, I'm teaching that consumer and client and customer that I don't keep my word and that I am now suddenly available on a Saturday. I try to keep normal business hours. I try to be available in that nine to five or nine to six um, availability in the time zone that I live in, which right now is Eastern Standard Time. If I message somebody at nine o'clock at night my time, they can expect that I'm somebody who makes herself that available. That is going to be on me to decide, not the consumer. I always tell my clients on the Voxer plans that they can message me whenever the idea comes to them. It's on me to know my boundary, to hold my boundary, and to trust myself. And I've been doing the Voxer plan for months and months now, so I know it's a high-value offer. I know that people can create change and a voice text app, which sounds crazy to people, but I don't need to over-deliver by doing it on a Saturday and a Sunday and in the evening. I know that a flat rate at that rate is an incredible value. I know that $1,000 for you know, at least two months minimum of mindset support is an incredible value. I don't need to defend it. I don't need to explain it. People who need it will grab it. People who don't will just pass on by. I'm not second guessing myself. I'm not saying, well, what if, what if, what if? The only what if about it is that with podcast listeners who might not be members of my Facebook community, who might not have had any interaction with me, I'm going to have a few more questions at the start. I may need to dig a little deeper and spend more time getting to know the consumer, but that's fine because... I embedded that into the price and into the value and into the expectation I hold for the product. I've owned that because it's my responsibility. So if you take me up on the plan and you catch me (laughs) boxing you on a Saturday, you have my permission to call bullshit. But I really do hope you take me up on the plan. I think it's a solid offer with online integrity. I think you have had a lot of time to get to know, like, and trust me. And if you think I could help you, I would really like to. And you can find me over at Heather at ChooseToHaveItAll.com and send me a hell yes. Thanks so much for listening in today. I'm so glad we had this important conversation. Thanks to Jess for uh, putting the bug in my ear and encouraging me to have it. And I'll talk to all of you tomorrow.